Do you have a call to Grail at Fortigan Sports Night on Scarif Bay Community Radio? Good afternoon, everyone. You're welcome once again to the Sports Night Show here on Scarif Bay Community Radio in association with Dale Credit Union on 88.3 FM and 92.7 FM and also on the Tuning <coughs> app. And on today's show, as always, joined by co presenter uh, Pat McNamara. On today's show, it's going to be predominantly hurling. And what a weekend we have in store. With especially in Kilkishan on this this weekend, it's the centenary of Monsignor Hamilton and and, the, and their park, and of course the the main event coming Sunday evening with the Clare Cup final between the hosts O'Callaghan's Mills and a neighbours Clooney Quinn. And we're giant, we're going to be joined in studio by men well known to all our listeners here on Scarlet Bay Community Radio, a member of the media team here, uh, well known with, with Pat O'Brien. But first of all, before we get to Pat, Pat. A weekend of sport, you know, we've had the county have been busy. This weekend, it's all club action. You know, we had the league final between Baraik and Corofin last night in, in Clarecastle. Do you want to be final later on this evening? Kilkishan? Everything is in Kilkishan this weekend between Tulla and the Mills. And, of course, concluding with the cup final, a Division 1 final tomorrow evening in Hamilton Park. Yeah, a great weekend of hurling. And uh, I suppose the culmination of the league is always, a, is always a, 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 I suppose, a... A great sign that uh, you know the early season is over and you're, you've come to the final. Everybody wants to, wants to win the Clare Cup and to get to it. Sometimes the competition in the early days, with so many people missing, uh, might be taken as seriously as you'd like, and, and I think it should be taken more seriously by teams because you know it's a great competition. People, players want games and they get games in the Clare Cup, but I suppose with county squads taking players away, and that it can be unsure of who you'll have and who you won't have. But look, it's great that the centenary of Cannon Hamilton Park Kitchen had been chosen for a while now for this for this final and it's that very fitting that the Mills, the local club, has got to the final. I think it was in the it was in the stars as you said earlier on. And Clooney Queen. So uh, that could be a very, very good game indeed. Looking forward to it. Uh, both teams will be a bit under strength, I think, from what we're hearing anyway. As that's what that's what you find in the cup. You don't have the the same, you know, every single player available as, as you have in the championship. But I mean, uh, still they make it a very, very good game. And I say the atmosphere, the preparations down in Hamilton Park, that's will be second to none. Uh, they'll they leave no stone unturned to have that. That lovely venue we all played with Leo many times in the back in the back in the day, and uh, a great atmosphere down there always, and uh, many, many a good match in it over the years, and uh, great to see that. Have this final, and uh, we're really looking forward to it. Yeah, and I suppose as thanks and Pat, as I said, we're joined here in the studio, member of the O'Connell's Meals Committee, and as I said, well known to all here on Scarlet Pacons Radio is Pat O'Brien. Pat, you're welcome once again. Thanks, Leo. Pat, what a weekend the location to the pitch. As Pat alluded to there, we all love playing there. All our, most of our underage games coming up along uh, were, were in Clickisha, and. What a weekend down there, the the work that has gone on, the place is in absolute pristine condition and as Pat said, it must be written in the stairs, we need looked for permission to hold the, the cup final here uh, there tomorrow evening yeah, uh, at an earlier meeting. One of the committee actually, our secretary Patrick Hogan said would it be great to, to, to get the cup final and he said it was on that weekend, he had been checking the, the, the fixtures and... Um, we applied for it anyway, and uh, they had a couple of meetings on, you know, at the county board level, and they eventually came back to us and said we could we could host it. And Pat, how ironic, you know, O'Callaghan's Mills, I suppose, even though it might have been written in the stars, it definitely wasn't in the bookies list that the O'Callaghan's Mills would be in the cup final. And, you know, it, it's some turnaround, and we'll be speaking to the, the manager, Shawnee Mack, in, in, in a while. But, you know, it's fitting... That uh, with the with the especially with the day that's in it that the yeah. host team are in the final. Yeah, I suppose we came up from from we were in Division One B last year and we we got promoted and uh, we were just uh, I suppose all of us talking the way things were with with uh, the two Coonies were gone and uh, Jacob Duckman and Colin Crean has gone to Dublin and uh, we were we were just hoping maybe we'd um, we'd keep our place in, in Division One A 
and they won the first few games and I suppose they got them going and there's a new, new coach in there as well Paul um, Paul Keane from, from Medea and Paul seems to be getting a great uh, buzz out of them and you know and uh, I suppose they kept winning matches and they had a bit of confidence and they went on and it's great to be in the final especially when they played at home and I suppose I know, know we'll be talk, as we said we'll be talking to Shawnee and in Dr. Daly Park last Sunday you know you talk about young guns winning the games but Sunday was probably one of the old girls yeah, in, in, in Brian Dunn and what he turned back the clock with, with a yeah. fantastic display and to be marvellous if, if, if they won on Sunday because Brian I'd say has given maybe over 20 years at senior level to the club and maybe he's no middle from the club so to be marvellous we could maybe himself and Patrick and Conor Coney and there's a, a few of the older girls that uh, to be nice if they got a medal. Yeah, indeed. Pat, to talk about the, the occasion itself, and it's 100 years with, 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 with Monsignor Mon- Hamilton, and you might tell us the, the background to the whole lot. I suppose, uh, how it started was, <coughs> was, was like, like in all parishes, I suppose you had, um, back in the time, in the 20s and maybe before that, you had uh, matches played in different fields, and maybe in farmers fields, and with that quarter field here, there'd be, there'd be matches put in there. But anyway, uh, in Kilkishan, the O'Hallans there next door, O'Hallans are now, we'll say, and it was the Stutter Estate. And the Stutters were living up in Quinn, and they were deciding to sell some of their land. So there was a group of people, maybe 25 or 30, around Kilkishan, uh, maybe was anxious to buy a bit of land. So they, they, they went to the Stutters and they, they put their case that the group would buy it. But uh, uh, one condition <coughs> was that the, the paddock was the name of the pitch. And that the paddock would be given over for um, for sport, uh, for hurling and, and, and sports uh, facilities, like you know. So um, that was done. The deed was done in, in 1923. Leo, like uh, there wasn't enough money around. <laughs> yeah. you know. And sorry, just to clarify. When you say a group of people, 24, 25, to buy, decided to buy the land if they could. Was it fully with GA in mind, or was it to develop the village as well as the as hurling, or was it just for the hurling alone? Well, what was, was the intention? I suppose it was great interest in hurling, Pat, uh, yeah. you know, and uh, they wanted a sports field, really. And, um, um, but it was just buying enough land for the pitch and the split Yeah, well, no, they were buying, they were buying land for themselves as well, but the, oh, yeah. this, this, this was paddock... It was, had to be designated this, paddock, this, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I see, yeah. They were, they were, they were it was given, land for they were, themselves as well. They were okay. all uh, given a few barbing or a few pounds in for, for, mm. for the pitch as well as to be developed as a, as a sports field. And uh, as that happened, <clears> and, uh, and uh, they finished it off, and... Uh, the 19, actually, Kikishan got to the final in 1923 as well. And uh, it was played in the Fairgreen in Nocanans Mills. The Fairgreen in Mills as well was a, another pitch because it was, you heard, so you heard, in every village at the time, you heard nearly. You heard you heard uh, teams nearly in all the, all the villages. So Fekel and um, Kikishan met in, in, in the Fairgreen in the Mills. And, um, uh, just one morning, I think, a piece after 20 minutes, and a row developed. And one of the fake lads was sent, was sent to the line, and um, Martina Hamilton actually was refereeing it. And uh, the fake man refused to leave the field, and uh, the match was called off, and there was a warning conclusion. So that's, that's what happened in 23. And then I think the Mills, and the Mills, you know, had a scene, he maybe in a conclusion, in, in a league final in <coughs> 24 as well. And um, I think it was kind of the time of the, the, the Civil War and all that. And uh, there was one crowd of them were Republicans and the other ones were... Treaty. <laughs> were treaty. Yeah. I think... A lot of Holland didn't... It wasn't all about Holland anyone to teach. And then, to get back to Monsignor Hamilton, then, how he got involved in the whole yeah. lot. 
Well, I suppose, if we go for long, Leo, in, in 32, you had uh, the male Kilkishan and the Dyke were, were joined and, and uh, it went under the name Kilkishan and they, they defeated the market in the county final in 32 and to stay in Kilkishan. And uh, uh, the market had defeated them well in the, in the league final of the Cup uh, maybe a few weeks beforehand. And I suppose they decided they'd come up and play in Kilkishan, mm-hmm. but uh, they got well beaten anyway, what, 6-4 six, six, or something, 2-1-3 or something like that. It wasn't the first time the market were beaten in Kilkishan. <laughs> That's <laughs> right. I would remember but, another Rose beat them in a quarter-final as well, yeah. 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 <coughs> I suppose we won't try to in the, the, the war was built in, I think, in, in, um, in the 30s as well. The, a group of uh, fellas around and the, the, all the wars was, was war walled in. So... Um, I suppose for long it was like that thing. There was you probably remember the wire and all around it. Yeah. Uh, the wire was taken away in, in the early seventies, maybe or six, late sixty, early seventies. As a small and the, the pitch was made bigger and uh, all all that kind of stuff, you know. And um, uh, Robert Fastin was involved. He was secretary, and there was a group from there, and they built the handball alley and and in the, the the original dressing rooms and and um, and clubhouse, and. Um, I suppose we'll have to go back to 62. There was, there was a very famous final played in 62, the, the digging of the graves. That's right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, was going to get to, I was going to get to that, yeah. The market uh, and the, the, bridge, the bridge, and they were going to clear cup final, and uh, we don't know whether, whether it was the bridge or whether it was the market. We didn't want to play there. There's a lot of conspiracy theories <laughs> on that one, Pat. <laughs> so there was a bit of digging done anyway, and uh, the train stopped the game, but uh, I think a few of the lads spotted it on the, on the way to Mason, back going home from Mason, there were a gang of them got up and they filled up the, filled up the, filled up the holes. <coughs> yeah. And when was the decided to call the pitch uh, after uh, Monsignor or Cannon Hamilton because obviously uh, was he in the parish for a long time I mean I know he, he, he was involved in an office but he wasn't in the midst of actually he wasn't in the midst of it but he was he was chairman of the county board he was an board. important person in the county yeah, board, okay. board he was chairman yeah. of the county board for years and Munster um, as well sure yeah, yeah. and um, Clonairman wasn't he was a yeah and um Fitzpatrick was kind of involved in the pitch there. He was from West Clare and he was the curate and he, he was involved in the committee as well and he proposed that at some meeting that uh, be called after Cameron Hamilton and uh, that's what happened there. It's in the 70s, early 70s maybe, when they started doing the development. But Pat, even through the years, you know, and you, the, the pitch and the, and the facilities there are second to none at the moment, but there has been unbelievable work done you know you, you spoke about that committee under Robert Frost and Robert Frost anonymous at Everton that goes yeah. on in, not only in Clare or in the Mills but in Clare as well and you know he got a committee together there in the, in, in the 70s I think was it Matt Donovan was chairman uh, at the time and there was a lot of you know a lot of work done as you sure. said the handball Lily and all that came in yeah. and you know it is ironic that the, 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 the other committee are, are, in, are in there now and and then, I suppose, in 20, uh, I suppose, uh, 2014 or 15, then there was different discussions about maybe um, putting in a gym and maybe, uh, you know, the, the it was outdated. Uh, it was time. It yeah. was time. So it was decided to, to build a new clubhouse and put in a gym upstairs. And, and uh, you had uh, the meeting room downstairs and you had... You had a big uh, hall downstairs and you had a meeting room as well and they developed um, an old <coughs> balcony and the, in the, um, the handball alley as well and done work, uh, so redeveloped a lot of the handball alley as well. And then the old dressing rooms were there, so after that in, it was decided to demolish the old dressing rooms and, and, and move on and, and build new, new dressing rooms. But so that's, that's how the project now was completely completed. Like yeah, and it, and it, it is you know it's a brilliant a brilliant job and you, you know an example an example to everyone and a lot of work, great work being done in East Clare. However, to get along then of course you're in you're in in the, in, in the cup final and 
you know, there's tremendous work being done. I see Killian Nugent, he's the, go- the goalkeeper, yeah. he's the man, he's the man taking care of, taking care of, taking care of the pitch. He cuts the grass yeah, there. And actually, I was there yesterday doing a bit, and, and Killian was came on and he, he pulled out the machine and he cut the grass and he went off lining the field for the weekend. So. Killian looks after the, the facilities there. Uh, and you might give the rest of the committee members a, a, a shout there, Pat. I know um, Joe, Joe is club chairman at Joe Cooney, and you know we must congratulate, congratulate, congratulate Joe also on becoming the mayor of Clare and uh, oh yeah, a tremendous yeah, honour for for the tw- for him for the next twelve months. And I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to leave out him. Um, I suppose um, there was a lot of money in the race as well. Leo, with the membership draw, with the big membership draw there for the building of the clubhouse. And then we got, we'd say, uh, money from the lottery and uh, lottery funding and Munster Council and um, Tomer, uh, Tomer um, gave us some money as well. And uh, what, what's it called? Um, JP McManus. There was money got from JP McManus as well. So all those, all those, uh, those, those marvellous people to be able to, to come up with that kind of money and, and, and those, uh, those funds, you know. And Pat was doing it in a, re- a, re- a relatively short space of time as well, you know. So to... It was and you're um, Connor Cooney and um, Connor is a, does um, he works for you know he he does all the, the pricing and all that so yeah. we, we were lucky to have those people as well and you had um, Kevin Frost who was a draftsman and all that they 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 done a huge amount of work as well in 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 drawing up the the plans and all that you know so it was a and the pricing and the yeah wallet. to be fair to him it was a real club effort and mm. let's put in their shoulder shoulder yeah, to shoulder, shoulder yeah. to the wheel and yeah. Pat you might tell us about the the weekend's uh, activities well, you know he's he's going to be a helter skelter of a weekend in in Kishin <coughs> well uh, on Saturday now at twelve o'clock Joe uh, Ryan who's chairman of the Munster Council he's going to come and he's going to unveil a plaque there. Uh, in we'll say a commemoration of the hundred years of the of the pitch and uh, opening the the, the the new clubhouse and facilities. And then there's underage games going on and um they have underage hurling and underage camogie and um in the evening time then you have the Junior B final between Tulla and, and the Mills in the Junior B League final at half past five. And then on Sunday there's mass uh, there's deceased members in the church and um in the afternoon, there's, I think there's more underage games earlier on, and uh, there's a Camogie, senior Camogie game between uh, Kilkish and Bedike and uh, Cloney Quinn. And then you have the Clare Cup final in the evening at six. And uh, with the Tuller Pipe Band there for a parade and the whole, everything will be, <laughs> everything will be thrown in. Yeah, there's, there's no hold about And Pat, really, it is a weekend to be looking forward to, you know, and we don't get too many of these weekends out, out in East Clare, you know. No, and Sorry, you're absolutely right, Leo, and it's fantastic that he's clear getting a bit of, you know, attention and, and as I said, another excellent facility, <coughs> you know, being developed to the highest level possible. But I suppose I was just noticing there off air before we started. We haven't, Scarab Bay, haven't been there for commentating on the game since uh, since we got going. As far as I can remember, there was no... No, we haven't done... No, but it's all the we'll yeah. covering. So we'll be hoping it becomes a venue uh, for more the county board. We'll look on Rikishan as a venue for more senior inter-club games when the championship does get going. If not this year, as the years go on, because it's a historical place and it's a place we all have I said, memories of, 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 of visiting and playing, play, not alone playing, but supporting as well. And you mentioned that a quarter final in the senior championship between Brian Brews and Newmarket and Ferguson in, 2000, in, 19, 19, 19, in 1985, wasn't it? And uh, 85. 75. 75. My God. 
Losing my memory. Michael so McGrath, Michael, Michael McGrath from Benley Hinch. Uh, we'll always remember uh, Hamilton Rose. Park. He, he got a hat trick off Johnny, Johnny McMahon, who was, yeah, yeah, was yeah. the All Star cornerback at the yeah. time. We're still hearing about it. <laughs> the crowd down that day. But, but um, that was one of the big days. I remember playing our schools, even our primary schools, championship games there against yeah, other yeah, teams. Yeah. Uh, mm. That time we go to neutral venues, and I remember playing the semi final there and losing it one year to Kilmory in a very controversial game. <clears throat> That's a bad memory, but. What I like to think is that the county board would look in condition now as a place where you could hold, have some uh, Clare Championship games, mm-hmm. earlier early rounds of Clare Championship games, because it's a, it's a historic venue and it's a place you'd love to see used again. And <clears throat> we might get to go down there on a, on a reasonably regular basis to do commentaries on, on the Championship games involving East Clare teams. But you know, I suppose, uh, I suppose you know, um, there was great foresight in the people that went that time in, in 100 years ago to buy a pitch because there wasn't an awful lot of money around. Yeah. And uh, to, to go buy the pitch. There was no lotto no, no at that time to help. And there was no other club, I'd say, in East Clare, anyone owned the pitch even. Yeah. Do you know, because came, uh, the market came in in 36, I think, and, and, and Tola came in in 42. And they were kind of the three winners in East Clare until, yeah. the, until yeah. the clubs started developing their own pitches then later on, do you know. Pat, 1923, the field was up. Can you remember, can you tell us, not can you remember, can you tell us, the Mills played who in in was it Clooney they played in the opening with that? Is, am I wrong in well, saying it was, that? It was there was a, there was a, it was a big group of teams and the, the Mills was in it and and Kilkishan and Clooney were in it and Mealy and Pertine and the Bridge and I don't know how many there was a, there was a, there was twelve teams I think in it anyway. So hundred hundred years on, there's two of them there again. And I don't I don't know who I, I don't know who won it at, the, at that time or we don't know who won it but there was I think about twelve teams in it. So, so ironic, a hundred years on, Clooney are there again, and of course the horse team are there again. Yeah. Petter, you might just tell Joe, give a mention to the rest of the committee that have been involved in in bringing the the, the state of play yeah, well, uh, to to this conclusion yeah. and for what we have coming up this weekend. Yeah, the, the organising committee, Jim Moroni was would have been chairman, and Robert Foss is involved in myself, uh, Petsy Neville, John Linehan, Neve Mac of the Camogie Club, and Catherine O'Gorman, who was treasurer of the Camogie Club, and uh, Caroline Hickey, Ashley McMahon, Nigel Davies, the treasurer of the club and Shawnee Mac and Joe Cooney and Patrick Hogan who are the chairman and the secretary. So Starbucks uh, good Mills Mills and Kikishan people there. Yeah. And Pat, it's it's um nineteen ninety five since the Mills last won the Clare Cup and Cloney have got, have to go back a bit further nineteen forty four. So yeah. even though Pat alluded to earlier, both teams maybe won't be at, at at full strength due to yeah. county commitments and, and, and everything. And but still things, yeah. and holidays but and of course with the championship coming up very, very soon. However, there'll be no excuses on Sunday at six o'clock when both teams hit the field. They will want to. Oh, there's sure. a clear cup on the line, and when you're yeah. going to final, you want to win it anyway. No matter who's in, you know, who you're playing or who you're, you know. So I have a great decision. You'd like to win it. So uh, and look at if um, if it's to be great of all as one of the, especially for Patrick Donlan and maybe Brian yeah, Donlan, who is yeah, as you said earlier, yeah. and Severs, and uh, you know so. Um, and if look at if Tony win it as well, there'll be no one there'll be no one they got to come because they, yeah. they 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 have been out of the limelight for a long time as well. And Pat, all are welcome to Kilkishan, not only Sunday evening, but for the weekends. Yeah, we'd like activities. we'd like all the people all the people around the parishes and the low, and the and the neighbouring parishes to to, to cool. come over to come over as well. Yeah, all will be greatly, great, greatly <laughs> welcome. So look at we look forward to a successful weekend uh, in Kilkishan uh, this weekend and of course with the June two great games with the Junior B and, and, and the senior final being the, the highlights. And look at we wish everyone well. 
Petro, as always, thanks for your time on giving us the history of Hamilton Park and from the time of the, the uh, from the paddock until today. And yeah. hopefully, O'Callaghan's may, maybe might bring it to a successful conclusion by capturing their first Clare Cup since 1995. And of course, as we spoke to, to Petro Brian there about the festivities and all uh, all for the weekend in, in Kilkishan. However, the most important part of the weekend's activities in Kilkishan this weekend, apart from the Junior B final, is the Clare Cup Division 1 final between O'Callaghan's Mills and Clooney Queen, as we said. And we're delighted to be joined on the line by the O'Callaghan's Mills manager, uh, Sean McNamara. Sean, who's well known to everyone, he's Clare, a teacher down here in Scarlet Community College, assumed the role of manager uh, for O'Callaghan's Mills this year. And in fairness, has to be said, has done a marvellous job. You know, the O'Callaghan's Mills were probably one of the favourites uh, for, for maybe for relegation at the outset. However, he has turned the team completely around, despite missing a lot of players, to be in a Clare Cup final. Sean, you're very, very welcome and congratulations on your achievements so far. Thanks, Leo. I wouldn't say I'm the manager now. I think there's five of us in it together now. There's no one really the manager, so... Uh I won't, I won't claim to be the manager anyway, but I'm involved in it. Not until after tomorrow, not until after the, the final tomorrow. Johnny, you might just tell us who else is involved with you. <laughs> you might tell us who else is involved with you. Well, within the club, we have two great men of PJ O'Connell, with his great experience with Clare and his All-Irelands, and uh, Johnny Cooney, who's acting as selector and also subkeeper. He's a great hurling brain as well. And then our two outsiders then, Declan Noonan from Killinana, super SNC man. He was with the club maybe 10 years ago and he was great that time. And sure, he did have a great experience built up over 10 years. So he's absolutely brilliant with them. And the vital piece, I suppose, was Paul Keane, the coach from Adair, son of Dave Keane, who won the 321s with Limerick. A marvellous manager in his time, yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's, that's the five of us. And then... There's a few men working behind the scenes that uh, make sure we get whatever we want. So that'll be John Maroney, John Linehan, Robbie Madden and Brendan Noonan. They'd be checking in with us every few weeks to see, do we need anything? So we will have to give a shout out to them as well. Yeah, in, indeed, in fairness, it's a culmination. And you know, the, the middles club really going from strength to strength. And uh, Johnny, I suppose maybe at the outset, I suppose maybe staying in Division 1 was probably a priority. However, in the final now, and it's there to be won. That's it, 100%. The first night, our first game was called off with Fecal, and we won by a pint inside Newell two or three days later. And uh, we said, Jesus, that win might keep us up. That was the way we were all thinking with a few a few lads missing. And next thing, we have a lot of one-pint wins and a draw after being six pints down. And we beat Six Mile Bridge for the first time in a long time. So we've won a lot of tight matches. We were worried at one stage at the table. We were up near the top. But if we went to score difference in a three-way tie, we were going to be lashed to the three between the market and the bridge and ourselves, or even if Christine got into it with all our close wins. But we we found enough of points to top the group anyway. And just every win built a bit of confidence with new lads and young lads. And just I think everybody just figured out there's a few lads gone to Australia. Uh, Colin transferred to Kilmacode and... I suppose the saying at the moment is next next man up, but it was a bit more than that. I think everybody everybody figured out we all have to do a bit better with the lads that are gone. And, and we and all just stepped up a bit. 
And Sean, yeah, I suppose to be fair, you, you've you've nailed it there, you know, and the, the leads are tremendous, tremendous losses. And look, we know the championship is only around the corner, and the Clare Cup is about giving games, and you've given games, as, you know, to, to an awful lot of players, and you know, lads making their debuts and that, and future stars uh, uh, for, for the Mills, you know, and keeping the club alive. But as you said, it's funny when when you lose a few players, everyone just kind of puts their shoulder to the wheel and put in gives that extra effort and. You know, you find out enough exactly. more. You find out enough more more about players. Exactly, and then you have some lads that, in their heads, they think, "Well, I have a chance now that there's four or five lads gone, and they're going to put in an effort." So it was great a few years ago when the lads won the junior A that they're playing intermediate championship since an intermediate league. So it wasn't a big, huge step up from junior A to senior or into the Clare Cup, and then you had the two, the three lads from the Herty. So they brought great experience, even though they mightn't have played too many senior matches. So it was all, it was all working well together. But I think uh, the behind-the-scenes work the club did last year after the championship finished, the four lads that I mentioned, and I don't know how they found Paul Keane, but he's 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 brilliant with the boys and everything. Every training session has a purpose, and we're just we're just organised, and the boys are enjoying it, and every everybody knows that they can get a chance. And I know the boys are gone, but we're still playing with 15 every day. It's not like we're going out with missing three lads and playing with 12. <laughs> we still have 15 to be fair. And, and Sean, I suppose, that's, to be fair, that's, that, that's the mantra that you've carried through the whole year, that, you know, everybody is on a level pair and anybody can play on any given day, you know, depending on, on the circumstances. And the one thing about it is everyone feels involved and, you know, there's a very close community spirit in the whole lot and the team is, the team is very, very close. And, you know, to, to, you, you only get over tight games through having a tight band like that exactly and even with the lads that were gone for the full year even in the cup games you're always going to be missing someone or lads are getting their holidays out of the way at the moment and we're down one or two And but everybody rose in I just even to mention Conor Coo needed there's a lot of forwards that we were missing from last year between Gary and Jacob and Colin Crean it seemed to be all forwards that were gone and we tried him up in the forwards and it's working out well. And in an odd day, we still need him in the backs if a few backs are missing. So he's one man that he'll do anything for the club. Like he'll play wherever wherever he's needed. The same with Hedy Donlan, who captain Clare, that one day he might be full back, another day he might be wing back. You know, everybody's kind of just filling in. We're, we're, they're all kind of just working. Shoulder, shoulder to the wheel would be the phrase, I suppose, that wherever anyone is needed, they go there. Fionn Hickey would be another man that would play anywhere for you. Full forward line some days, midfield other days. So they're all, everybody's just doing whatever's asked of them. And Shawnee, it's great, you know, and in your own pitch, to, with, with the, probably, as Pat McNamara said here earlier, it's probably written in the stairs, the Clare Cup final in, in Clickishan. It's lovely to have, you know, the Mills in it. But now that you're there, you'll want to win it. But Clooney, Quinn will be a formidable challenge also. Rather, you saw that last year in the Championship that uh, they, they put it fairly well up to Bellier, who won it, won it out eventually in the quarter final, and uh, they came through their group. To, um, they came through a tough group in the Championship, and that was before you added in Jack O'Neill and a few more from last year's minors. So we know that they'll be coming down to our pitch. They don't need any more motivation saying we're playing this crowd below on their own pitch. Let's put it up to them. And just, this is a great game for both clubs, I suppose, running into the Championship. And I know some clubs might look down in the Clare Cup, but we only play two competitions a year. In Clare, there can only be one winner of the Championship. 
and we're in the Clare Cup final now, we'll, we'll give both teams will give it hundred percent to the match. And as you said, Johnny, with the championship body around the corner, it's it's another match, you know, to to get to bring players up to a certain level. And Sunday's game will be a step up from the ordinary Clare Cup games. There'll be a lot. Uh, there's a cup at stake, so a lot more. There'll be a lot more biting it. Oh, a big bite in it, and uh, especially when we're not in the same group in the championship. You know, I think some teams in the Clare Cup had one eye on waiting for the championship draw to be done to see we'll be sure our end in this Clare Cup. But I suppose we are under a bit of pressure now that uh, Christine and Clonera and the bridge will get a look at us, but I'm sure we'll be going all out to try and win it in our own pitch and to cap off a great weekend within the club. We'll be going all out to win it. and if we show our hand, we show our hand, but sure, we'll we'll drive on for the championship then after that again. Uh, every every day is a new day, Shani. Also, before we we let you go, and a tremendous honour for you know Scarif Community College this week, and for Clare and for East Clare with the announcement of the minor hurling all stars, and you know you've been responsible in the school for 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 sport for many many years, and a tremendous job you have done in. Uh, bringing Scarif sport back into at a high level in Scarif Community College, and you know great to have. Two All Stars and also the Player of the Year with Ron Gunning or Ronan Keane getting full back, Ron Gunning getting his second All Star in a row, and also getting a Player of the Year. And a tremendous honour for everybody, uh, Sean. Yeah, we're we're fierce proud of the, the two, proud of the two boys in Scarif Community College. Tis, and even the clubs Bradford and Killinane, I mightn't be known too much outside of Clare. They mightn't have too many Clare Clare um, players before, but they're known about now between Owen and Ronan. And even on the clay on the Celtic Challenge team, I think we had five, had we? We had Carmack Dial from Bodike, and then we had Michael Heffernan and Mikey Bogenberger and Caelan Fahey from Highgate and Bin Sweeney from Scarif and they were all on the Celtic Challenge. So we'd does seven lads all the one age group. It's great great for the school. We're first proud of them. And even coming behind them we had fellas going into third year now that would have won an, un, an under 15 monster outside of them um, yeah. seven leads so it's all, all good we're for, yeah, fierce, fierce proud of them and uh, I just remember years ago that um, there was a Clare minor team probably around 2010 2011 they were going well and we had no one on it I think and I just kind of said it won't happen again and on Quirk was the first man that kind of brought us back up there around uh, 2010-2011 after the first year that they won the Munster and uh, but sure it's great now that we have two Ulsters out of it and five in the Celtic Challenge and and any other year that probably been in the County Minors proper but it was such a, an, an exceptional group within Clare and to just yeah fierce proud for us and I suppose myself and Andrew Ferry were wondering should we have played Ron and Keane in the backs and we might have won we might have won the schools all Ireland <laughs> but uh who knows what would have happened? Someone might have got injured. Owen Gunning might have got injured and he might have missed a few Clare matches. Or You never know what would have happened. So oh, that I, worked I, out I, well with the county. It is, yeah. And look, we're all very, very proud of, of the two lads and congratulations to them and their families and their clubs. Johnny, all we can do is thank you very much for taking the time to talk to us here in Scar- on Scarab News Radio. You've always been very good to us. And we wish you all the very best look and the Mills the very best look in the final tomorrow evening in Hamilton Park, Kitchen. Thanks, Leo. Sounds a bit. Good luck, And once again, thanks to Shani Beck uh, for taking the time to talk to us. Pat, he's a tremendous job done, you know, and the boys have a tremendous job done. And look at sure they're all mids to the core. Yeah, it's, it's, it's marvellous what they have done, you know, since they came in. And uh, as I said earlier on, uh, we were just hoping we'd stay in Division 1 when we started going to matches. And if we, we were saying if we won three or four games, 
and stay up, uh, everyone will be happy. But they're in the final now, so when you have to try and win it, as it goes. And uh, it's, it's marvellous, and I'd like to compliment the, the selectors and the, and the club for their work. Pat, last Sunday, um, last weekend, the two All Ireland quarter finals, Clare defeated Dublin, Galway defeated Tipperary, we're in the All Ireland semi final. What's your quick synopsis of the games last weekend? I suppose uh, Clare, once Clare got on top of Dublin, uh, it, was all, it was all really one way after that, you know. Uh, the second game, uh, Galway, I suppose Galway should have won by 19 points, really. Uh, Conor Whelan had a few great chances in the first half. Now there's one in front of the goal and he should, really have, he should definitely have scored that one. The other two came out came in from the corner. And um, I suppose Tipperary were disappointed and I said uh, Tipperary County were expecting an awful lot more and... Uh, no, they, they didn't look great now. They, they were disappointed enough. That's for sure. And too many older fellas, I think, as well. They, maybe they should have, the likes of Kellen and the McGuire's and them, and we should have them for 20 minutes to go or something like that. <coughs> you know? Pat, you with Arnenton last weekend that we didn't know already? I suppose, I know Tony Kelly's interview afterwards, he did say that they were trying to play a clever up, a bit more ruthless up in the forward line. You wouldn't have said that in the first 10 or 15 minutes that we were more ruthless to an extent because of the, some of the shooting, but the wind was a net factor for the points. But I think the fact that Tony Kelly himself scored three goals is very telling because I've often thought that you know, Tony Kelly is brilliant. One of our best players we've ever seen from Clare mm. and everybody loves watching him and this, he's just an exceptional talent and he'll shoot six, seven, eight points a game sometimes. But I was wondering was there more goals than him? And I think it's a very positive thing to see that both Clare as a team were kind of setting things up to go for goals and Tony himself win for them I think is a good sign because uh, in the open space of Croke Park Tony was shackled last year and, and just hoping now he's, he's got a hunger for goals he and Shane O'Donnell Mark Rogers obviously have, are, are proven goal getters when they want to and, 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 not when they want to but you know they can do it and uh, you know I think that was one good thing so I think our forward play I have a funny feeling Low, or Lohan and, and the lads over them and let's say the players themselves would have led it as well would say that they would want to be setting this up to get goals and also to be more ruthless in front of goal for those goal supplies and maybe hopefully shoot from the the, the, the the scoring areas rather than from you know out over the sideline from seventy metres out. So I think that was one good thing, the forward play. Full back line, um picked up a bit, bit of trouble crummy caused a bit of trouble there off and on. Uh, but obviously Adam Hogan still held his own. Uh, it's a line that Kilkenny could exploit if we don't get our half back line hopefully all fit again. And, 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 speak, and, 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 and speaking of our, speaking of our half back line, concerns over John. One hundred percent. No, no one knows. I mean, nothing is going for the camp. And I mean, first of all, his health is the most important thing. When you get a, uh, uh, I think there's a wallop into the side of the neck. Nick, he got from yeah. Mainly, yeah. So when you get a wallop like that with, with any issue, but possible concussion, you know, the, first, the most important thing is the player's health. We'll forget about the hurling, really. But as I said, we all want John Connell back. He's, he's a stalwart. He got a savage uh, ovation from the crowd going off to show everybody what he means to this team. It was a great show of appreciation for uh, an absolutely great hurler, Pat. That's what's marvelous. He's he's given great great service. Yeah, marvellous of us and I suppose uh, well, I, I'd like to see Cleary back at full back as well I think we, we haven't anyone there uh, we need to be at full strength well, especially against Kilkenny yeah you know but look we, we look forward we look forward in anticipation 100% Pat there's a small matter of a, a very important Camogie game later on today in Cusick Park Clare and Cork winner take all uh, chance to progress out of the group I know there has been problems in Cork with Camogie and football and the fixtures and that. that yes. I would imagine they'll probably all land on in Cusey Park later on for that Camogie match. Well, whether they do or whether they don't, they're still a 15, as Shawnee Mack said, they're still a 15 players anyway, that's a guarantee. Uh, look, look, when you look at the players Cork have, I mean, look at... You start with Libby, Libby Coventry and Chloe Sigerson and La- Laura, the centre-back Laura, Tracy and up along, you know, 
fantastic like Mackie all the, all those players super Amy O'Connor she you got rattle yeah, off those yeah. names I mean uh, super team I mean knocking on the door of, uh, they could have won four or five ends in the last few years they really by pints last year by pints <laughs> in, in a couple of times I think. But having said that, I think the clear display against Galway, we were both very impressed with it. I think, you know, Galway are a top side, league champions, and uh, a top side with all their players nearly available to them. And I think the clear display that day was very promising, and I think it was very encouraging. Uh, they didn't die down, they fought, they, they seemed to be able to handle Galway, carry the ball well and all that, and uh, attacked well. Uh, just be a score and power is a bit to be desired. But look, I think we're going in our home patch. I think we have a chance of really rattling Cork. And if you could be with them with 10 minutes to go, as I often say about games, there were 10 minutes to go and have a chance you know you never know what might happen and uh, look at I, I, I want to see a good performance uh, for, for all their sakes management and players and hopefully take it down the final stretch and whatever and happens whatever happens stay happens in the championship happen. if at all possible wouldn't it be something yeah for yeah, sure we, something. We, we wish them all the very best of luck in QC Park later on today and now we move on to talk about an upcoming event uh, going to happen here in the next number of weeks it's the Mount Shannon Celtic uh, summer camp for, 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 for soccer and we're delighted to be joined in studio by clubman uh, Tom Botcherman, who's given unbelievable service both as a player and an administrator and a coach uh, to Mount Shannon Celtic. And also delighted and honoured to be joined by Alex and Isabella, who both play soccer uh, for Mount Shannon. Alex plays with the under-11s and Isabella plays with the under-12s. You're all very, very welcome. Thanks, Marine and Leo. I suppose, in, with, due to seniority, Tom, we better start with you. And, of course, everyone knows you have been part of the radio station here. It's a great week, uh, Tom, and a week that all youngsters look forward to from the time the holidays come. You have the hurling camps, and then you have the, the soccer camp uh, for the, in the first week of August, on the 7th of August. You do. And, I mean, it's, it's right in the, the height of the season for, for good weather, and, say, the kids are off school. And the parents love to see them going out and being active as well. That's your thing. And of course, we're right smack in the middle of the Women's World Cup, where Ireland are going to be fairly uh, highly represented over there. We were we were up to see the girls last Thursday between themselves and, and Zambia. Zambia, and they got to to meet uh, Courtney, our number one goalkeeper, Courtney right. Rosman, afterwards, and signed autographs and all the bits. So it was great. It was wonderful because I think the. The pros of today probably wouldn't have the same sort of access or time to give to the underage. And the amount of kids that were there were fantastic. And I mean, the, the camps lead into that because it just basically develops the interest in soccer. And the lads have been doing the, the sports camps now for the last three or four years, you know, in every weather condition. And to have it in Scarif, they don't have to travel very far. They don't have to, you know, there's, there's the element of, of closeness, safeness. And they know the community and they, they meet others that are going to school with them. They're playing for Mount Shannon Celtic with them. So there's, there's a great bunch doing, the, doing the, the, what you call it, the soccer camps. And I presume, uh, Tom, that Dennis Hines is still, you know, the, the main guru, the regional officer. Uh, for, he is the main He is the main guru. As, as long as everyone, as we can remember. But he's done a tremendous job for, you know, and of course also we cannot forget, and but we have to congratulate Numerical Celtic on winning the FAI Junior Cup. So soccer in Clare is in a very strong position at the moment. Very strong position. And I mean, the thing is, the Premier League in Clare, I suppose, is dominated by two or <coughs> three, um, let's say, main sides between New market like you said avenue lifford came up last season as well and did not came up but they they, they certainly yeah and you've got bridge united um but it's fantastic to have a, a national let's say winners in the county and it was the first time for for new market celtic and i think it boosts everyone's confidence in the sport 
to bring it on both facilities wise and also players and that's where the underage is so important and that's where the sports camps and the soccer camps uh, run by the FAI are, and Dennis Hines as I said he's, he's, he's a guru and he's been with us a long time and all credit to him he does most of the stuff on his own and, uh, but he gets great support from the clubs you know, but again, as I said, it's it's all about the kids, you know, and, and having fun as well. That's also important. It's a it's a it's very much a fun week. And a couple of years ago, we had Storm Ellen right smack in the middle of it, and the lads were like, "Are we going? Are we not? Are we just no calls?" And they headed out to Scarif, and there was a massive attendance, and there was trees down and whatever, but it went ahead. As you speak about the kids, and that's really that's the most important thing. It is about the fun and having a great week, Isabel. You know, you play with Mountain and Celtic under 12. You might tell us who your favourite soccer team is first, who you support. Um, my favourite soccer team is Manchester United. And your favourite player? Um, I do not know. And don't say Tom Botcher. But <laughs> you went to see the Ireland girls playing against Zambia last week, right? And the World Cup is on coming up in, in, in a few weeks' time. And we had a Pow in her squad. She had big calls to make during the week. Did you enjoy the game last week? Yeah, I really did. I did enjoy watching them. They were very good. And hopefully in a few years' time that maybe you will be going to a World Cup uh, with, with, with Ireland. You know, Where, What position do you play for Mount Shannon? I play defence or sometimes centre midfield. You're an all-rounder? Yeah. And who's, who trains you at underage? Um, Martin McNamara and sometimes my dad. Oh God, you have to listen to him on the field as well. <laughs> I pity you. Leo, I had to listen to you for many, oh, no, many years. We had to listen to you from behind, come and give an out to us. Alex, you know, who you play with Mountain in, in the under 11s? What position do you play? Um, I play centre defence. Central defence. But central the, apple, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. And your, who's your, your favourite soccer team, of course, is who else? Um, well? Manchester United. And your favourite player? Um, I don't really have one. Don't have one at the moment. They they want they want to improve, you know. <laughs> but tell me about the summer camps. What 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 do you know the, at the FAI camp? What do you do? Is it all games or do they do drills or what? What would they do? Um, you do some drills and you learn some new games, and also you play a match at the end, and all it's pretty much all fun. And Isabel, is it mixed games or do they keep the girls and the boys separate or is everybody joined in? Do they keep it all, to everyone together? It's mixed games normally and most groups are boys and girls together. They'd never just be one group of just boys, just girls. So it's all mixed around and they're all very fun groups. So yeah. Tom, you know, young lads, you can see how enthusiastic they are about it. Like, right, okay, underage in Mount Shannon, you know, it is important because... You know, with with soccer being very much in the up, to keep it going, you need an influx of young players coming through the whole time, don't you? No, abs- absolutely. And I mean, I suppose the, mo- the most successful team that that came through was probably the first division winning team. And that was younger players that came through the ranks, went into the B team. Liam Glass promoted him into the A team and that got a culmination of the, the older players, the younger players. And we went on to, to a bit of success. But I mean, it's not just about success. It's about getting the children interested, getting them active. Um, they have a, you know, they, they just have this love of the game as much as they would of hurling or rugby or whatever. But the thing is, they have such a variety of sports. I mean, I didn't really start playing football till I was 18 or 19. And I mean, they're 10 and 11, which is, I'm sorry, and 12. But the thing is, it's a great young age to start. And as well as that, when you've when you've got the parents that that are are kind of willing 
to bring them to matches. That's a big part of it as well. That you you know what I mean. Families are very active nowadays. You've got hurling on a Monday. You've got this on a Tuesday. You've got whatever. You know, it's a full it's on a full schedule for, yeah. the, for the whole week, and they still make sure that they get to the games, which is very very important. But I I mean I think as as a club having as many different sides as possible out there is the most important thing because you're giving people um, an opportunity to play. And it's it's not really the level. It's more a case of play the game, enjoy the game. And then as you get older, then you can get more serious about it. But and Tom, how many yes. how many youngsters are involved in Mount Shannon Celtic at the moment? How many does it does it quite well we've got the, let's say we've got the under eights and nines then we got the the under tens 11 twelves and then up to 13s and then you've got the the senior team but underage I'd say you could be talking about 80 or 90 let's say within the actual club underage structure which is which is great what we're trying to do now is see if we can go to the under 15 level you know but as as a team progresses you're stepping up one year you know what I mean yeah and Tom, just where do you draw your play- players from? Obviously, Mount Shannon Celtic is the club, and it's, it's got a, a it's brand at this stage, and we're all familiar with Mount Shannon Celtic, <coughs> the name and success sometimes, and maybe not other years. But where do you draw the players from in terms of the number of parishes around uh, East Clare? Well, you know what? That's the great thing. It's the it's the, it's the great um, universal club because you get players from everywhere. I mean, when myself and Leo were playing you had lads that wouldn't have spoken to one another because they would have had the parish rivalries yeah. within the hurling. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they wouldn't even look at each other on a Saturday night if they were outside in Scarif, like not to mention talk to each other. And all of a sudden you had Whitegate lads, Scarif lads, O'Gunnalo lads, Fecal, Bodike, they all came together under the one banner. And it's the same today, only at a younger age. Yeah. So, And when they go to secondary school, they know each other. But it breaks down an awful lot of barriers, Tom. It breaks down Tom. an awful lot of barriers. You know, especially for the, for the likes of your own children who will be, you know, soon going to the, the secondary school. That, You know, when we went in years ago, Pat, you hardly, you're yeah. just about knew the lads yeah, going to school. Socially for, for the young people. It's, it's unbelievable, like yeah. Will and, and Alex, socially for them to know, getting to know more and more people in their area that they will meet in secondary school is fantastic. Pat, Leo, you were a, goal, sorry, a great goalkeeper in hurling. Outfield and soccer, was it? No, I played in goals oh, as well. When, when, when they were very badly stuck, I played in goals <laughs> oh. uh, in, in the soccer. But no, I did. I tried, I tried to beat oh, it outfield. Uh, midfielder, mostly. Creation not the midfield general, though, where he played his imagination. But yeah. I think back of the fun we had. You know, when the Holland season finished in, in, in September or whenever it finished, and for Badaika, a lot of times it finished early, you'd be looking forward to the, mm. the soccer. And Tom, the game is at the back of Waterstone's pitch. Fantastic. You know, we long live in, in memory. And some of the, and the evenings in, in, in Nobbies, in, in Bugglers after, I tell you, the stories, stories that will live long in, in, in the history. Yeah, and you know, the, the great thing was, I mean, the original pitch was in Mount Shannon, where the Asher is today. Yeah. And I mean, there was some stories. And be, I mean, you wouldn't, have, you wouldn't have got to know the characters or the people, let's say, involved in the club. We had, a, I think, a, a kind of a centenary or a, a celebration there a couple of years back for, and we had a, a huge table quiz in Mount Shannon. And before we organised it, we went through every single player that ever played for Mount Shannon Celtic right through the years. And it was a hundreds, yeah, yeah. hundreds of players, both from underage right <coughs> through. I mean, it was incredible. And you forgot about so many of them yeah. that would have played for a season. And then, then you had the B team. And the B team were very successful <coughs> as well. So you had the underage right through to the different sides. And the amount of people you would never have met under normal walks of life. 
that you got to know through the soccer and with opposing teams. I mean, there's lads that, will, that you'll meet in the street of Venice, like in, in any other, that will come up to you and tap you on the back and go, Jesus, are you still alive? <laughs> this, but you know, that's the way it is, you know. Yeah, yes. I long live, and I can still remember the days, as you, as you spoke about the pitch in the Central Mount Channel, and the people, the crowds that were there on a Sunday at a, at a league game, depending on who, who you were playing, was, and people that said, you know, that wouldn't go to wouldn't even talk to you about soccer yeah. but totally maybe and then bit by bit well, by degrees the they, they were at the games mm-hmm. you know so the bend was broken he's there at that at but Tom we're most important we have to talk about the, about the young lads and yes. it is about the youngsters and about the summer camp and I know the call you want to get the call out there for as many young people from around uh, the East Clare area to try and take part and enjoy this camp absolutely and I mean the, the, the camp is selling very very well and I mean, it's always every year. It's a, it's a great success, but we have a couple of weeks to go, so there's still a few places available. And again, it's it's a it's a week of fun. It's a week of skills. It's a week of playing ball. But at the end of the week, they come away, you know, with a bit of a kit. They get a, a few a few little uh, let's say bits and pieces, a few balls. But the main thing is that they continue de- their development as footballers. And as I said, having the umbrella like the FAI kind of guiding things along isn't a bad thing and of course we'll all be rooting for the girls mm-hmm. over in Australia oh it's a big it's the main event it's a tremendous going to be a tremendous occasion and fantastic they're going to play in front of 80,000 people in their first game against Australia Tom before we get into that how can people uh, sign up or who can they contact to sign up for, for the camp well we're going on to the FAI website and it's basically www.faifootballcamps.ie and just go in to the, the website and then select Mount Shannon Celtic as your preferred venue. I mean, yes, you'll have to scroll down because, of, let's say, the letter M. But the thing about it is you'll come to Mount Shannon and there is places available. An awful lot of the, the different locations have zero, as in no places. Mount Shannon ha- is selling very well, but there, is, there still is a few places left. And we only had our AGM the other night. That's why I know it is selling very well. And how many is the camp? Uh, how many can attend the camp? Are, are, or is there a, I is would there say a, you're, probably looking, a... you're probably looking at about 90, I would imagine, give or take, because you'd have your, your maximum amount of players for each coach that would be involved. And the coaches, there are, are anyone that's coaching will be fully qualified coaches? Fully qualified coaches, guard of all well. the bit. So the thing about it is they're, they're coming from different clubs as well. So they're good players in their own right. And then you've, you've got a head coach over them as well, who is a well-established man. And so I suppose kids don't on holidays from other parts of the country if there's room as well. Absolutely. Yeah, it, it doesn't. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, the time of the year. you know, I mean, I know of, of, let's say, people that would come to stay at the, the holiday park yeah. that would be doing, let's say, courses over in Two Mile Gate, for example, over yeah. in the activity centre. So there's nothing to start for them. If the yeah, space, yeah, for the week, mm-hmm. for the week that's in it, you know. Yeah to come along and, and join in. But again, I think you, you're going to have an awful lot of momentum with the lead up into the World Cup. Hugely, yeah. And I think it will sell out very quickly, let's say, after, let's say, once once the media drive. And as I said, Vera <coughs> Pau has announced her squad. And uh, yeah, a few, few shocks. A few shocks, a few shocks, you know. But she's like what we saw on Thursday night, you know, they're, they're an extremely good side. You know, and Zambia were no pushovers. Yeah. I know they were, I think, number 70-something in the world, but they had a, they had a centre-forward there yeah. that would do well on any men's side. They'll be OK in four years' time. Absolutely. You know, Absolutely. The, the, the gap would close, the Africans would close. Isabel, I know you look forward, you're looking forward to the camp. What can you tell other youngsters around or why they should turn up and take part in the camp? 
What can they look forward to? You can look forward to having just a load of fun and learn a lot of skills. Also, being with your friends is a great, um, another good thing about it because you learn when you're having fun and it's kind of the whole atmosphere. It's really good. And Alex, yourself, and, and it's not about competitive. It's just about enjoying the week, isn't it? Um, yeah, it's all about like enjoying the week and learning new skills and just having fun playing soccer. And you might make a load of new friends um, as well as some friends that you'd already know. Yeah, indeed. Well summed up. Well summed up. Tom, it is going to be a, a tremendous week. There's no doubt about that. And it's, look at, from the time they get the holidays, this is what they're looking forward to really. Absolutely. And it goes for all the camps, all the camps in East Clare. And it's great to have such a variety of all the sports that yeah. are out there, you know. And as long as kids are playing sport, what you call it, more power to them. And that's the best thing. Because the thing about it is when they go into the future and they go into early adulthood, and then, as I said, even at my age and your age, Leo, we're still <laughs> trying to do something, you know. And as I said, very important because fitness and, and any walk of life what you call it has to be paramount. Pat, it is important for the young lads, you know, and you know, to, to keep sport going, um, apart from holding and all that, to have a variety. But that, that, that anyone with any cop on will tell you that children should be exposed to all sports that they want as many as possible. They can make their choices later on in life when you have to get competitive at sixteen or eighteen, whatever it is. Brilliant to see uh, soccer club or two soccer clubs strong in East Clare at least maybe three I suppose if you're out this area Kilkishan Tulla and Mount, but in this case Mount Shannon but the fact that they cover such a large area and cater for so many kids is brilliant I think and what a service it is to the people of, of East Clare in general and maybe even one or two from South Galway maybe it might make it as well there would be it would be a tradition of that Jesus across, across the border, border. Across <laughs> a, I was, was going to say there. sneaking across yeah. the border <laughs> oh I tell you one thing Debbie well don't worry in another sport that wouldn't that wouldn't have been a problem at all you know yeah it's wonderful I think it's fantastic yeah. that the kids get the choice the choice play a variety of sports and choose what they like then Tom Alex and Isabel thanks for coming in and taking the time to talk to us here on Scarif Bay News Radio and maybe you might come back to us in a few weeks time and tell us how the, the camp went listen Leo and Pat thanks very much indeed really appreciate it thank you Great. Thank you're very you. welcome also before we finish up here in on Sportline today there's a small matter down in Bradford uh, uh, this weekend where the O'Brien tournament is, is taking place uh, in memory of the late Niall O'Brien and, and, and Jamie O'Brien, who were two great starbucks uh, for Bradford GA Club. And uh, the tournament this weekend is the senior hurling game between Bradford and Moulin, and a junior hurling game between Bradford and Clonera. And Pat, it is important if all patrons can come out and try and support that, that this weekend in Bradford well, as well. It is, of course, and, and, and indeed, knowing Bradford, there'll be, there'll be a big turnout, especially from, from the Bradford area, and, and even around, they should go down and, and support it as well because. You know, it was sad the way the two fellas passed away, and um, to be great to support it, and it's marvellous to an honour their memory. Be, yeah, being being being, being honoured, yeah. Yeah, indeed. And that concludes our sports and show here today on Scarif Bay Community Radio, uh, here in association with Derek Craig Union. My thanks, as always, to Corpus Inter, Pat McNamara. Thanks to our guest, uh, Pat, Pat O'Brien, uh, Shawnee McNamara. Thomas Butcher, Alex Butcher and Isabella Butcher uh, they spoke about the, the summer camps for the soccer as well and also thanks uh, to our production team for getting the show on the road here today and we hope that you'll be able to join us later on from Cusick Park for the that All-Ireland Senior Camogie game between Clare and Cork and of course tomorrow the big game from Hamilton Park in Kilkishan at 6 o'clock tomorrow evening the Clare Cup final between O'Callaghan's Mills and Clooney Quinn and all that remains is Amelia Dial. Until we meet again, it's Bannock Day, August Lawn.